Well, good morning, everybody. Everyone's been very quiet. It's, I was like, oh, what's happening this morning? Oh, it's holy reverence this morning. Um, it's lovely to see you all, those that are here in the, uh, in the sanctuary and those on Zoom. I'll wave to you. Wave back. I'm sure they're waving back, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are waving back. Very good. Very good. Um, we're here this morning to praise and worship our God and our Savior. Um, and we'll do that with a few songs in a moment. Um, I have no extra notices than normal, but we will be having something after after our, our opening worship time. Um, so let's just come and uh, and commit this morning to into God's hands. Father God, we thank you that you are an amazing God, and Lord, we would just want to come before you with our praises this morning. Fill us with joy. Fill us with hope. Um, Lord, we just ask that you would just. Um, be in everyone's praise this morning, whether they're here on Zoom or whether they're here in the, the sanctuary. Lord, we just want to lift your name on high and to give you the glory and the praise and the honor that's due your name. And so, Lord, be with us. Give us strength as we, as we wait upon you now. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So those in the, um, in the sanctuary, you do not need to wear masks now, um, and you can sing with your, to your heart's content. Um, those on Zoom, you do have to still stay muted, but you can still sing your heads off. So strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Yeah. 
trusting God. You do not faint and you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the I stand 
hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let's just bring our praises before our God. We've just been singing, my heart bows down, surrendered in worship. Let's surrender ourselves this morning to our God and King. My hope is built on nothing less. We're celebrating communion this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Through his sacrifice on the cross for each one of us, he's made a way, made a, made a way for each one of us. If you're on Zoom and you want to speak out, then please unmute yourself. If you're here in the sanctuary, just raise your hand and somebody will come, or Janine will come with the microphone. Let's just give our praises to our God this morning. He's worthy of our praise. Words from Psalm 140. Guard me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent men who have planned to trip up my feet. By the wayside they have set snares for me. I say to the Lord, Thou art my God, give ear to my supplication, O Lord. I know that the Lord maintains the cause of the afflicted and executes justice for the needy. Surely the righteousness shall give thanks to thy name, and the upright will dwell in thy presence. Amen. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in the Lord at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, um, in the chaos of our lives, you give us assurance, reassurance, hope and security. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You taught, you preached, and you died for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
So, Father God, we thank you that you've ordained praise from your people. Thank you for your word that's been just been shared, Lord, through through different scriptures, Lord, that people have brought. Lord, may it, may it just give us peace this morning, a peace of being in your presence, because you are sovereign, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, now we've got a little presentation from um, a group that are dealing with the Bereavement Cafe. So if you'd like to come up, guys. I don't know who's coming up. You want to stand in, or some of you stand, there's a few of you, but whoever's speaking, can you stand in front of the lectern, Mike? Um, Because remembering those on Zoom can't see you otherwise. <laughs> there is there is a camera at the front that's picking you guys up. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're here following on from our collective vision at the start of uh, this year. We're really pleased to announce that our Bereavement Cafe will be opening up and running on Friday, the 19th of November and every third Friday thereafter. We know we, we not only have a community that's hurting, but also a wider uh, nation that is hurting, uh, not just from the pandemic. And so we see this place as, as a place of safety uh, to come along and share your story um, and to find comfort. Uh, we've got a, a few things um, to mention that we've completed our training and I'll hand over to Carol in a second about that. Um, but we're now inviting you as the church to get involved. Uh, we've got a commissioning service here on Sunday, the 7th of November at 3.30 and we'd love you all to come along and, and, and bless this uh, vision that we've had. And we're looking for help for, with various things, uh, delivering leaflets to shops and doctors and uh, funeral parlours, etc. Um, so if you'd like to be part of that, please do contact one of us. Over to Carol. So yeah, for the bereavement, the people that are going to be the bereavement listening volunteers, there's lots of different roles, but this is a, quite a specific role where people will be at the cafe and listening to people that are bereaved. Um, so the people that volunteered for that undertook some training. It was two whole days of training in September, and that was given by our spiritual care advisor at the hospice, Steve. Um, so he actually came here and did the training two days. And the training was very much about listening skills, about the fact that this is not, as a listener, you're not a counsellor. So we're not offering bereavement counselling where there's somebody just there to sit and listen. And people that are bereaved quite often just want to tell their story. They don't really need. And obviously, if people are expressing things that of, of more concern, we can then um, signpost them to other places like Working Mind or, or proper counselling services. So this is a listening service. So they actually under, undertook that training um, and just lost about how to support people, different types of death and how to support people around bereavement. And just to say anybody else who's interested in that role um, can come forward to, to any of us really. And there is further training at the hospice. We do offer it every so often and that will be actually going into the hospice. So anyone else that's interested, that training is ongoing and it's two whole days. Yeah, this is just so exciting. 
yeah, we thank God really, um, you know, for leading us and guiding us and where we are today. And um, yeah, we're just so thankful. And there's so many little groups that are being involved and we're so thankful for them as well. And I'll just talk about one of the groups. Oops. Um, yes, it's a little group um, that are making cushions. Um, so that just personal touch that we can give to a bereaved person that they can cuddle. And it's just been so amazing, this group, and just hearing of everyone out there that it's just got that little touch that they can put on the cushions. And, um, you know, when we asked for material, <clears throat> how that came in, and even um, material came from places that hadn't even asked, they just gave material. And um, being a little bit forgetful, I forgot to think about the fillings for the cushions. And all of a sudden I had a text Barbara, can you come and collect two bags of fillings? Praise God, isn't he amazing? You know, when we forget things. And yeah, it's just so exciting. And we've spoken a little bit about um, publicizing it. And I'll just share a testimony about that. Um, I was going to have my hair cut and I just asked God, I said, look, I really want to speak to the hairdresser about the bereavement cafe. I didn't know my hairdresser. And I was having my hair cut. We had the conversation holidays. We had the conversation children going back to school. And it was very quiet. And then all of a sudden she said to me, she started to talk to me about a friend who's in the grieving process. And as I listened, I recognised the story. I'd read it on the newspaper. And I said to her, I said, it's been in the news, isn't it? Just a local paper. And she looked at me so amazed that I knew about it and just felt that connection between us. And God had just opened the door. And I just said to her about the Bereavement Cafe starting up in Newhall. And yeah, God. And then I think a few days later, another friend called me and she said, Barbara, when is, when is the Bereavement Cafe starting? And yeah, I've got someone I want to invite to go along. Isn't God amazing? So the Bereavement Cafe and the Memorial Garden can be going to provide a safe place uh, for people to come and talk and uh, about their losses in life. And if they so desire, we're going to have some painted stones. We're going to be able to place those in the Memorial Garden. And all these experiences they will have will be part of their healing process. And we really uh, are praying for that. We have a small team of intercessors are praying uh, for the work and they're actively doing that now. And we thank you so much for doing that. We ask for more. You can never pray uh, enough. So if you'd like to do that, we'd be glad to hear from you about interceding. And we still are looking for a suitable uh, um, publicity, what is appropriate and what is good so we can make uh, the news of the, um, the cafe and the garden known to the public. And then lastly, really, that we are uh, looking as well to make our, our lounge area, that's where we have the cafe, into a, a, a suitable, welcoming area. So pray for us that we may have the right decor, uh, the right kind of tables and chairs that the, uh, the funding will get soon here so we can refurbish the, um, the lighting and all the other bits and pieces. So again, we want to say a big, big thank you 
for all of you for being involved. Because it's not us, it's about a team, the whole church um, ministry. And we would love to you to come on board more directly. So please come uh, to the commissioning and bring your family, bring your friends. It's going to be a great time in the afternoon. So bless you so much. Thank you. Thank you to the uh, team that's uh, brought that together. It's amazing what we can do. And, and given what's happened in our community, um, it's just good that we can provide somewhere that's a safe space where people can just rest and be and to talk to people about how they're feeling. So that's amazing. Um, we're going to move into a time of communion. We're going to sing a song as we do that. Hopefully that's come up.
Thank you for the cross, my friend. And once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. Please be seated. This simple meal of bread and wine is a celebration of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. These simple symbols of bread remind us of the body of Christ, and the wine reminds us of the blood of Christ. Christ's body was pierced in his sacrifice, and his blood was shed on the cross. Why? Because Jesus paid the penalty of death. The penalty of sin is death, and Jesus paid that penalty in our place when he died for us. He who had no sin, was made to be sin for us. He bore our sin on the cross. And so as we take this bread and this wine, we look back at the cross and give thanks that our forgiveness, our reconciliation with God is through the work of Christ. But we also look to receive the strengthening power of the Holy Spirit who's with us in this moment. And we also look ahead to the heavenly banquet in heaven where we will sit down for eternity. The bride, the church of God, will eat the feast with Jesus, the bridegroom, the feast of eternity. And so we look back with thanksgiving. We receive living bread in the present through the Holy Spirit and we look ahead with hopefulness to that heavenly banquet. This is a meal for believers for those who love and serve and follow and trust and walk with Jesus Christ. If you have yet to come to that place of submission and following Christ, please reflect on the bread as the body of Christ given for you and the wine as his blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. But please, you are welcome to remain among us for this meal. But please do not be embarrassed in any way to let the bread and the wine simply pass you by. But do reflect on what this meal means. We read of the account of the Last Supper. While they're eating, Jesus took bread, he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that we can come to this table because you have given your life to pay for our sin. We come, Lord, not with a righteousness of our own, 
There's nothing that we've done or said or could have said which would have made us righteous with you, Lord. We fall short of your glory. Lord, we confess this morning again that we haven't loved you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And we confess, Father, that we haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves. There are things that we should have done that we failed to do. There are things we should have said that we failed to say. There are things that we've said and done which we shouldn't have done. We have grieved you, Holy Spirit, and we've fallen short, Lord, of your perfect holiness. And so, Lord, we thank you for that wonderful promise of Scripture in 1 John 1 that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just, and you will forgive us from all sin and unrighteousness. And so we come to say, Lord, we are sorry for our sin. Please forgive us and cleanse us. Clothe us again, Jesus, in your righteousness, that we may eat this meal truly with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. And so we remember um, that Jesus took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and said to them, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken uh, for you. We remember how after supper Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in often, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We will hold on to our cup and all drink together as a sign of our unity in the body of Christ. So we drink this with thanksgiving that Christ's blood was shed for us. An opportunity now for, for us to pray. Um, if you're on Zoom, you'll need to unmute. If in here, you could just uh, put your hand up and Janine will come with the microphone. Let's lift the church and uh, the needs of the, the community and the world uh, before Christ and pray as the, please pray as the Holy Spirit leads you.
Father God, we continue to lift our community before you, where, Lord, the Lord, we've heard about the bereavement cafe this morning, and Jesus, there are people who are hurting uh, because of the horrible attack uh, just recently, people who are fearful in our community, a community that's been torn apart and wounded, and Lord Jesus, we just pray for healing. We pray for healing of those emotional wounds, for bereft family members. Lord, we just pray that you would bring, somehow, you bring good out of this. Lord, we pray for peace in our community. We pray, Lord, that you'd bring our community together in supporting one another. And Lord, as we're remembering that incident, we, we, our hearts are broken by the the incident with the MP being murdered. Lord, we, we, we're, we're so saddened that violence should be a reality in our society in that way. Lord, we pray for him. We thank you that he was a Christian, that he knew you. But Lord, we pray for his family especially, who will be torn apart by this loss. Again, Lord, we pray that you would bring comfort, bring peace, and Lord, somehow bring good from this. Lord, we pray that you would enable our democratic processes to be protected. Lord, we pray against violence and terrorism having sway in our nation. We pray, Lord, for authorities, government, in seeking to protect our population. Lord, may your kingdom come more fully here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes um, we can give more, do more. Let us give us it our all, Lord. Mm. I say this, I must admit myself a bit nervously, but let it be so, Lord, because after all, we should be committed to you before everything else. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father God, we thank you that you have called us to be salt and light in your community, Lord. And we praise you that your works are mighty. And we pray your anointing poured on the um, folk delivering at that healing and bereavement cafe, that they may be anointed with your salt and your light, that they may give a witness of you through all that they come across, all that they serve. And we praise you that your works are mighty, Lord. But we ask for more. We see a land that's broken we invite you in lord and we are privileged to be your people and we ask that you will fill each of us with the holy spirit that we may find it easier to be your salt and light in your communities and we proclaim them as yours because you are lord above all amen father we pray for those missionary families who've been kidnapped in Haiti, men, women, and children. And Father, we just pray that your angels might surround them and protect them. And I just pray that you'd protect the children from fear, Lord. We know that Haiti is a country 
whether uh, there's a lot of fear. There's so much that's not of you that is rife there. And yet Christians continue to minister there to, to try and bring your peace, to bring, to bring your help. And we just pray that this kidnap will be over very, very quickly, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Lord Jesus, on the, on the news this morning I read that 100,000 people a day were dying of COVID in Russia. And I just thought, that is just awful, Lord. And then I thought of the death rates around the world, Lord, to COVID. And, and then I thought of the death rates in our own community, Lord. And, and the numbers are horrific. And, and Father, just, just pray for our world, our broken world, Lord. We need you now more than ever. And, and Father, just pray that there would be those who would minister to grieving people, Lord. I thank you so much for the opportunities of our bereavement cafe, just, just for our community, Father. But actually, when the numbers are so big, we actually can only really focus on what's on our doorstep, Lord. Otherwise, our minds just get blown away. And so, Father, just pray that you would help us, Lord, to reach out to our community, our grieving community, Lord, and just show them your love. And, and Father, just help them, just comfort them and be there for them, Lord. Amen. Jesus, we just thank you so much that you are the one who sympathizes with us in our weakness. For you were human in every way as we are, yet you were without sin. Jesus you cried out to the Father in the garden and on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You knew what it was to, to have the frailty and weakness of, of flesh. You knew what it was to, to have your spirit fainting. You knew what it was to be abandoned and left alone by your own friends. Jesus, you know what it is to struggle with the, with the difficulties of life. And so we thank you that we have brought our prayers to the God who is all-powerful and eternal, but the God who's also stooped and shared our humanity and who understands and is able to help us and save us. So Jesus, thank you that we pray to you, the eternal Son of God, the one who is mighty and victorious and the one who can help us. So help us now and help all those who we've prayed for. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So this morning's um, reading is from Psalm 143. O Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servants into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you, 
My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Let's just pray for Martin as he comes to speak. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's life to each one of us. And so now as, as Martin unpacks this text, Lord, help us to have ears to hear and hearts to be changed. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Thank you, Steve. Paper flying everywhere this morning. Um, worshipping under pressure. Um, I hope you, you, you haven't felt under pressure to come to church this morning in the sense of, you know, somebody said, you've got to come. That's not, what, that's not quite uh, what I'm meaning. I'm meaning um, worshipping when we're under stress and pressure. Okay, so I hope that coming to church is not something you're pressurized into, but that you delight to be here. You want to be here. Uh, that would be my prayer anyway. Um, we all go through um, pressure and stress, don't we? Uh, I don't know what your stress and pressure is, is, is like in, in life. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it comes from less obvious sources. It's sort of an, an inactivity can cause its own stress and pressure just as much as demanding work, can't it? Um, but anything from health scares to the boiler packing up to uh, fear over health issues, all of these things uh, crowd in on us and cause us uh, pressure. A little bit of stress and pressure is a good thing, though, isn't it? We, we, need, uh, we need a certain measure of stress and pressure. I have a uh, an essay deadline uh, coming up and so I need that deadline to motivate me to write the essay um, so a certain amount of pressure and stress is good for us isn't it we need it um, but if we endure too much pressure or stress over too long a period it can have a negative uh, impact on us we might uh, our health might fail uh, we might lose perspective we might become discouraged or we might even lose our cool and become angry. Um, I know that for some, the, the, the COVID season, and I know, it's, I know it's ongoing, but the, how long has this thing been going on now? For, oh goodness, forever, didn't it? And, um, you know, I think it's tested all of our uh, resolve, hasn't it? Our patience. Um, and that will mean different things uh, for different people. Some people on the front line um, of COVID will have experienced death and all kinds of pressure in working uh, for the health service. So we mustn't uh, generalize. Everybody experiences stress and pressure differently in the COVID season. For some of us, it's just a sheer frustration that we're still kind of having to, to you know, to have restrictions in place. David, King David in the Bible had 
kind of more pressure than you and I are likely to face. Um, David, as a shepherd out on the hills in the Near East, would have faced lions, um, bears, um, but not only animals, he faced a nine-foot giant in Goliath, didn't he? He faced the armies of the Philistines. He was pursued and by family members and by King Saul. Do you remember King Saul tried to pin him to the wall with a spear three times when, as he played the harp for King Saul? So David's enemies were very much flesh and blood. He was literally on the run. If you read uh, Sam, First and Second Samuel, so much of David's life is on the run. He's literally hiding at, in caves and on the run. Of David's 75 Psalms, 53 include mention of enemies. I don't know how many enemies you have, but David had more, probably many, many more enemies than you have, all right? Um, Paul says that as Christians, our battle in life is not so much flesh and blood enemies, although it, of course it could be, but for many Christians throughout the world, there are literally enemies that they face, uh, persecutors that they face on a daily basis. Our enemies as Christians in the Western church are, as they are for the church globally, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's why Paul says it's not flesh and blood, it's spiritual forces of evil. You see, the spiritual forces of evil are very canny and cunning. What they do is they jump on the back of discouragement and difficult circumstances and they whisper in our ear, does God still love you? Does he care for you? Has he given up on you? Has he abandoned you? Have you noticed that? How in the face of pressures and stresses, Satan and his minions love to whisper in your ear, hmm, so where's God now? The God who loves you, has he kind of left you? Has he abandoned you? Have you let him down? Have you failed him? And he loves to remind you of shame and guilt and failures from your past, doesn't he? That's the battle that we're engaged in. It's largely in the mind and it's with spiritual forces of evil. So how do we fight this battle? Um, we fight it through prayer. We fight it with honest and open emotional prayer. We fight it like David. Um, David's model, David's prayer is a model of how to pray when you're under pressure, when you're under the kosh. Um, first, in verses one and two, David um, focuses on the character of God as faithful and righteous. Second, he pours out his trouble in verses three and four openly and honestly. Third, David uh, meditates on scripture. And fourth, David calls on God to, to rescue him because he trusts that God loves him and cares for him. So first, first point, when we pray, we want to appeal to God's faithfulness and righteousness. This is David praying, oh Lord, hear my prayer, listen to my cry for mercy in your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. So David believes that God is faithful and righteous. Um, and so he prays on the basis of who God is. But David doesn't presume that he's righteous in God's sight. Listen to verse two. 
Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. So David knows that he's not righteous on the basis of his own efforts. He needs God to declare him righteous. How were people declared righteous back in the old days before Jesus? Well, they had to offer sacrifices for their sin. And those offerings, those sin offerings, those sacrifices would pay, deal with, cover their sin. We have a, a much superior situation. Jesus is the once and for all perfect sacrifice who takes away the sin of the world. And so when we pray, we can pray to the God who is faithful and righteous with confidence because we don't come with confidence in our righteousness. We come because Christ is righteous. And through faith in him, we have been clothed in righteousness. So it's good news for you. If you think you um, are being heard because you are righteous, well, you are righteous because of what Christ has done for you. And so you can appeal to God on the basis of what Jesus has given you. He's covered you, clothed you in righteousness. So we don't come with the righteousness of our own. We come in the righteousness of Christ. That should give us a great confidence that Christ will hear us. But it's right that we come and confess our sin. Because as we come around this table and remember the bread and the wine, we are remembering that it's all about grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. We don't come before God with a righteousness of our own. It's all about what Christ has done. And as we confess our sin, he forgives us through the cross. So we appeal to God's faithfulness and righteousness. Second, we pray with emotional honesty, holding nothing back. Um, verses three and four. Listen to the way that um, David uh, prays in verses three and four. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. Do you know what? It's okay to tell God that you're dismayed in prayer. I'm giving you permission because it's here in the word. If you're feeling dismayed and discouraged and heartbroken, if you're struggling to hold on, David's prayer is a model of emotional, raw honesty. God can take it. He's big enough. He knows what you're feeling anyway. He wants you to tell him. That's what friends do, isn't it? For us, they listen. They love us and care for us. Your best friend or family member is someone that you can trust to pour out your heart to, right? That's why they're a friend or a family member that loves you. You should be able to say anything to that person, share all your deepest struggles, and you know that they're not gonna judge you, right? You know that they're gonna listen and love you, whatever. They don't wanna fix. Us men need to learn that, you know, our wives don't need fixing. They just want us to listen. Now, for blokes, that's really hard because we like fixing problems, right? We want to sort everything out and give them the answers. They don't want answers. People want to be listened to, which is what the Bereavement Cafe is all about. We can't fix people, but we can love them and listen to them, right? And that's what David is doing here. He's pouring out his heart to God because he knows God loves him and will listen and that God... Um, there's this therapy in speaking out and being listened to. 
that's a real gift, isn't it? When someone listens to you, properly listens and doesn't interrupt and speak over you and just allows you to pour it all out, that's a real gift, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, just it's it's therapy for the soul, isn't it? When when we have a friend or someone who comes alongside and you you can just be totally open and honest with them, pour it all out. And they don't butt in and tell you, oh, pull yourself together. They don't speak over you. They don't give you their wisdom and say, oh, I can tell you something about that. They just allow you to share and they love you through it. That's what we all need, isn't it? And that's what David is doing with God. He's pouring out his soul and God is listening. And David is getting healed as he pours out his soul, right? Something that the disciples didn't do very well in the Garden of Gethsemane, wasn't it? When Jesus said, look, I need you guys to stand here or to watch and pray with me. What did they do? They fell asleep. He needed people to listen to how anguished he was as he faced the cross, the horror of, of a showdown with the forces of evil. He needed his friends to stand with him in prayer and they slept. But God was listening. God was listening. Luke twenty-two forty-three. 43. This is what uh, God did. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. God was listening. God sent an angel. Sometimes we feel there's no one listening. God is listening and he comes and he strengthens us. But we need to pray. Um, you know that old hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Jesus knows our every weakness. He does. Why? Because the Son of God became a human being. He wept tears in the garden. He sweated blood, tears. He, he was so under pressure in the garden that blood kind of came out of the pores of his skin. He was at that, under that much extreme pressure, according to Luke. He understands. He's face down and experienced more pressure and stress than you and I will have in a lifetime, in a short time. Third, we pray with faith when we meditate on scripture. Listen to David in verse five. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works. It's highly likely that King David had in his hand some of the books of Moses recounting the story of how God freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, the story of the passing of the Red Sea miraculously so that the Israelites could pass through on dry ground and go into the desert and escape the Egyptians. David meditated on scripture and he prayed with faith. Where are you going to get hope and promises when you're going through the difficult times? Are you going to conjure it up from within? Are you going to read it in the newspaper or find it online? No, you're going to find it in this book. That's where the promises of God are there. This book is full of promises for you to stand on when you're going through the difficult times. So why don't we read it, folks? I, I, my heart breaks when I hear the stats 
Bible Society tell us 21% of Christians read this book every day. That's appalling. Absolutely appalling. Where are we? How are we going to stand on the promises of God if we do not stand on his promises in the word? I make no apologies for driving this home. We are a biblically illiterate church in this nation. One in five people are reading this book every day. No wonder we're fearful and anxious. No wonder we've got our feet on the clay and not on the rock. Folks, get a hold of this book and start basing your prayers on it. Start meditating on it. David shows us, I meditate on your works. I feel this is a burden. If you like, it's a prophetic burden on me at the moment. You must, must, must meditate on the works of God. If you're going to be lifted out of the miry pit, if you're going to stand against the spiritual forces of evil, you're going to have to read and meditate and pray this book. There is no other way. No other way. I, I say that as someone who has failed from time to time to read this every day, and I slip, I fall, I drift. I lose my passion. I lose my joy. You see, there's some wonderful uh, scriptures here, aren't there, that you can stand on when you're under pressure. You know, you, you'll have your own fridge magnet texts, won't you? I've got mine. But this is one of my faves, Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You've got to have some texts, folks. When you're going through the valley, when you're discouraged, you've got to know where to go in this book and stand on the promises of God. You've got to read it, get to know it, pray this thing into your soul. Fourth, we should pray with confidence because we are loved and chosen by God. Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Now, don't rush past O Lord too quickly, please because that is the covenant name that God gave for his people Israel in the Old Testament. God allowed the Israelites in the Old Testament to call him Lord, Yahweh, which means the God of covenant, right? That's how David addresses God. It's a covenant relationship. It's a personal relationship. It's a relationship of love. You remember God said to the Israelites, remember how I carried you on eagles' wings out of, out of Egypt? And I gave you my law and my covenant. Remember how I loved you and brought you out of slavery in Egypt? That's how much God loves, loved his chosen people. And we are God's chosen people in Christ. We can call him Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's our personal God, the God who's loved us, the God who makes a new covenant with us in his blood and the bread, right? A superior, a better covenant, a covenant where the Holy Spirit is in our hearts. God's Holy Spirit lives in us. It's a better and superior covenant where we know God personally. He's written his law on our hearts. He's given us the power and the desire to obey this book, his word. That's the new covenant. And God has loves you so much that he gave Jesus to make a new covenant with you so that you could know him through Jesus. He who did not 
spare his own son. He gave him up for you. That's how much he loves you. So when Satan comes along and whispers in your ear, has God forgotten you? Does he really love you? You say, yes. Do you know how I know? Because God gave up his one and only son to die for me. And he'd have done that if I was the only person. David is confident and bold in his prayer because he's praying to the God who loves him in covenant love. Listen to uh, verse 8. One more. Sorry, I haven't, I haven't followed the slides, have I? I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing here. Let the morning, sorry, Jasper. Let, he's very patient with me. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I put my trust in you. You know, those, uh, we've all had those nights where we, we've been tossing and turning. Well, here's David just saying to God, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Lord, let me wake up after a terrible night knowing that you love me. And God loves us in Christ. And verse 12, David confidently prays to God to deliver him. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. That's that unfailing covenant love again, isn't it? Unfailing love means covenant love, committed love. Silence my enemies, destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. In Christ, God has poured out his unfailing love into us and upon us. And not only that, Jesus really has destroyed all the works of the evil one. That's what he came to do, isn't it? He came to conquer sin and death in his resurrection. And as he ascended to heaven, he's now reigning and ruling at the right hand of the Father. One day when he returns, all evil will be put under his feet and the whole creation will be subjected to him. We're on the winning side as Christians. Jesus has conquered and we are conquerors. We are more than conquerors, says Paul, through Christ. He who did not spare his own son Will he not graciously give us all things? Everything you need to run the race and finish the race and get into eternity, God has given you in Christ. Do you believe that? This God loves you with a love that's so strong and deep and wide and high that he gave his own son for you. Do you believe that God loves you this morning? Do you believe he set his covenant love upon you? Do you believe that if God is for you, who can be against you? That's the God that we pray to this morning. So when you're in the, the dark valley, when you're struggling, pray like David, pray with honesty, pray this book, stand on the promises. Remember that you are deeply loved in a covenant love by Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for David's prayers. Thank you that they're such a model for us. Lord, I pray for, for those of us who've neglected to stand on your promises in your word. Lord, we've, we've, we confess we've neglected prayer. We've neglected meditating on your word. Lord, have mercy on us. Give us a greater motivation, Lord, to stand on the promises of your word in prayer every day. 
Lord, I pray for those going through the valley today. I pray for those, Lord, who are despondent, those lacking joy. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would just come and fill them with a trust in your unfailing love. Father, pour your love out into our hearts again through the Holy Spirit that we might delight in you, that we might find our joy in you, our confidence in you. Lord, put a spirit of prayer into us, your people. In Jesus' name, amen. let's finish with my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness let's stand to sing Make
trust in his righteousness alone for let's stand before the throne Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through said amen father we thank you we thank you that it is on the rock of jesus that we stand christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the savior's love and lord whatever we go through this week lord we ask that you would just help us to to turn to you in those times of trouble lord when we we're struggling when we don't know what to do help us to go to the word of god and to seek the promises of God, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those on Zoom, you may now unmute yourselves, and for those in here, you may join us for coffee next door. <laughs>